John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Theme tune time. Let's go, John. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. I told you there's no way I'm singing. Come on. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. Yeah. John and Sam in Japan. Never gonna happen. And put your clothes back on, it's just weird. Ah, never! John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Welcome to the show. Here's John. And here's Sam. And this is John and Sam in Japan. The international comedy podcast. I think that's the first time we've got that right for about five episodes. (laughs) Yeah. Congratulations. It's amazing what not being able to go outside does to you. Although we're not going to talk about that, are we, (laughs) at all? No, no, the uh, the C word is off limits. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's been happening with you then? I've got a story about suspicion because my wife, she's a very lovely well, lady. Your wife, remember the C words? C words not allowed. It's a good job that she ignores anything creative I do, so she won't be listening to this unless she's at the door now. (laughs) My wife acted very suspiciously this week. Uh, So I've got, uh, do you know the coffee maker, the AeroPress? Do you know that one? No, I drink tea. I I don't drink coffee, I drink tea, my dear. Um, So the the AeroPress, it's it's just like a squishy machine where you put coffee inside and you push down the top and then coffee comes out the bottom when you've got water in it. But there's like a little screw cap you need that's an integral part of it. And it's kind of small, you know, maybe four centimetres in diameter circle thing. And, you know, it's easy to get lost. It's easy to lose it, I'm sure. And then one morning earlier this week, I don't know, Monday maybe, I was going to make my coffee in the morning and I couldn't find the black thing. And I was like looking around for it over in the kitchen. It wasn't where it normally was. And then she said to me like, oh, are you looking for that black thing for your coffee maker? <laughs> I said, I was like, yeah. I had like, and I, thought, I, didn't, I didn't say anything, but it occurred to me like, well, that's weird that you'd ask that. And then I kind of looked around for five more minutes, couldn't find it. So I made a coffee like with an alternative method. And then later on, she said, oh, did you ever find that black circle thing you were looking for? <laughs> like weird that she, weird that she's taking any interest in my life, frankly, let's be honest. Got two kids. <laughs> and, then, and then later on that day, like my suspicions were starting to get high. <laughs> then later on that day, she said to me, do you know what? If I were you, I, I'd stop looking for that thing. Just get a new one. You could probably buy a, that part online. <laughs> that, I said, did you chuck it out? And she was like, no, 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 she wouldn't have it. She's not admitted to chucking it out. <laughs> but right. I'm, I think there's a 99% certainty that that little black bit has gone in the bin. Yeah, and she refused to pick <laughs> it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what it must have touched some something that was deemed like a bit of a, a bit of chicken skin or something. <laughs> but anyway, she was feeling she felt so guilty about it that she actually ordered it for me. Oh, that's I mean that's a giveaway, isn't it? <laughs> if that's not proof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And has it arrived? Yeah, it's arrived. Yeah, I've used it. it you know. And she still won't admit. No, but she gives me she gives me a little wry look whenever it's mentioned now. <laughs> Although, actually, what she what she said was 
where she she unpacked it and put it on the kitchen side. She said, "Oh, look, I found that black thing for you." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, did you? <laughs> did you indeed?" Still in the Amazon box. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so it's been a it's been a week of suspicion and interrogations around our household. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I was interrogating Emma yesterday because her story didn't quite match up. I was very suspicious. She uh, she came downstairs kind of <laughs> after she'd had a bath and washed her hair. I dried her hair and stuff, and then. Um, oh, for, for, sorry for any any new listeners. This is John's five year old daughter, not his wife. Yeah, she's six. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not my <laughs> wife. Six. No, she uh, she just came downstairs crying, and she'd got something stuck in her hair. And she she said, "These I don't know how you describe them. They're these tiny little balls that are like." got lots and lots of tiny hooks on them that kind of click together, made of plastic. There's some sort of toy where you can hook them all together to make some different sort of shape. It's a bit like Velcro, but she'd got a clump of them stuck in the back of her hair. Now, I think... Oh, no. She was like, oh, they just fell in there, which is the most ridiculous. <laughs> so I was like, well, that just never happened, did it? I was like, you've put these in your hair, haven't you? That excuse is like a man who's at the accident and emergency with a with so a it shoved up, up his ass. ass. <laughs> yeah, I just fell over and it landed landed on it. Um, so she, uh, you know, she was crying her eyes out, saying, "I didn't." And I'm like, "Well, how did they get in your hair? Then they didn't fall in your hair, did you?" And then she said, "Oh, I um, I was holding them in my hand. I put my hand, <laughs> I put my hand in the air, and then I went to scratch my back because I had an itchy back, and they got caught in." Which I thought, you know, for a six-year-old, that's quite a well-thought-out excuse. That is fairly creative. It is. So I, anyway, I spent ages trying to get these things out, and it just wasn't happening. Like, it was, the more I tried to get them out, the harder they were stuck in. I mean, they were stuck. Her hair's down past her shoulders, and they were stuck halfway between her neck and her shoulder. And they were, there's about six of them just Ooh. in a clump. So, you know, I, said, I got my mum to come down and see if she could get them out. And after about five minutes, my mum was like, come on, just go into the kitchen. We'll put some water on it. Then as she turned around, my mum just got some scissors and just went, Whoosh. No! Yeah. <laughs> but my mum very quickly could... closed her hand and then said, oh, look, I've got them out. And uh, hid the scissors behind her back. Emma turned around and went, oh. Not <laughs> quite understanding how there was a massive chunk of her hair missing. <laughs> Does she know now? Well, yeah, because I took her upstairs. I was brushing her hair, and I was like, oh, "You can't really tell." She's like, "Tell what?" I said, "Grandma's just took a <laughs> pair of scissors to the back of your head." So, because her hair's so long, you can't really tell. It's just kind of like a, I don't know. It looks like a, a it's look, like it's a been feathered like a, or something. Yeah, it looks like it's been feathered. Fashionable. In the John and Sam households this week, there's been a barrel full of deceit, lies, and suspicion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So what's on today's show then? We have a packed show, and that's no lie. <laughs> <laughs> we have some stand-up comedy from British comedian Freddie Quinn. We have the burning question, uh, some other things. But, of course, first, this. This is JNSNJ News. All right, and now it's time for the new section of the show. Sam, what have you got for me? We are we are called John and Sam in Japan, so I think it's like appropriate to do a story from Japan at least occasionally. So this one <laughs> is from Japan. There was a couple of police officers got in a little bit of trouble uh, in the winter. What, what do you think they might have done? They got trouble in, 
Well, it was in the winter. The winter's actually irrelevant, but it was it was oh. earlier this year or the end of last year. Uh, this is something. It's not serious. It's nothing. They didn't break the law, I don't think. Right. Uh, but do you want to have a guess at what they did? Does it involve skiving, pretending to do uh, the job? It sort of involves skiving. Yeah. Do they go and watch horse racing? Well, let me tell you. It says here, this is from uh, Sora24.com. Oh, sorry, Soranews24.com. It says, just about every neighborhood in Japan has a local koban or police box, a sort of compact street-side guardhouse with uniformed officers on duty, uh, tasked with springing into action should any illegal activity take place. However, in practice, most Koban staff spend more time providing directions to local sites of interest than chasing down panty thieves or subduing Yakuza Street fighters. <laughs> However, and after this, the first line of the next uh, paragraph, I'm going to give you another chance of guessing what they were doing. However, it turns out there was plenty of action going on inside a police box in the city of Amagasa Hyogo Prefecture. So... Does that give you any more of a clue? But they're just shagging. <laughs> uh, at some point last winter, a 30-something police sergeant assigned to the, the Higashi precinct and one of his subordinates, a police woman in her 20s, became amorously involved. The pair kept their relationship a secret from the higher-ups and as a result were often assigned overnight duty together at the same co-band. So, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Oh, Nice. Was it? Does it say if it was one of those Kobans that have like a house attached? Yeah, it says the Koban has a break room where officers can lie down and get some rest. Ostensibly, this is something they should do in shifts so that at least one officer is always awake if a citizen is in need of police assistance. However, the sergeant and subordinate instead decided to use the break room together and instead of getting some rest, decided to simply get some. <laughs> Which... Hats off to uh, Sword of News 24. That's quite a good joke. (laughs) (laughs) So they were having sexual intercourse inside the Koban while on duty and on multiple occasions. Multiple. Lucky girl. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The story continues. The pair's nocturnal investigations of each other's bodies was eventually exposed when a third party found out about them and reported the situation to higher-ups last month. That's obviously some jealous... Check it was a jealous man or a jealous woman. Uh, it was almost undoubtedly a man. Yeah, some fat old <laughs> sort of fifty-year-old who hates his wife, just jealous that his <laughs> his young guy's getting it, getting it in. To be fair, if you got if you were the guy on the next shift and you got into that bed to have a little nap and you squelched onto a used condom, you would probably be a little bit peeved. Oh, <laughs> I'm assuming that they, uh, they knew how to hide the evidence. They were just jizzing <laughs> on the mattress and they're just leaving used condoms. I mean, that would be... They'd have to be the worst police officers in the world. <laughs> it, it might have been like a sort of a... Like a kind of boast by the male police officer. You know, look what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> the second guy turns up for his shift with a blue light. <laughs> <laughs> I found some uh, specimens on the sheets. (laughs) (laughs) Send it off to uh, get DNA tested. (laughs) Uh, It says, aside from the relationship being against police regulations, the incidents took place when no other officers were on duty in the Koban. A very serious problem. Yeah, somebody needed to report report that their uh, umbrella had been stolen. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. 
Meaning that if someone had come in with an emergency, such as a stolen umbrella, they would have had to wait for the sergeant to pull out <laughs> and, <laughs> and the pair to get dressed before doing any actual police work. So as you said, they'd have to wait for him to pull out. That's what it says on the article. <laughs> Just assuming that they're doing uh, normal. She might be pegging him. <laughs> <laughs> with her truncheon. <laughs> yeah. She might need him to pull out. See, it's the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> sort of news 24 you need to uh you need to broaden your horizons <laughs> it says thankfully an internal investigation uh, with no pun this time uh concluded and no one had come into or called the coban to report a crime during the time the amorous officers were entwined but their actions were still judged to constitute dereliction of duty so in this circumstance what do you think the penalty has been for the two police officers so the senior police officer was the man and the younger one was the woman i was gonna say did it make him uh, do traffic duty you know standing there and no but it says the the woman has received an official reprimand from the hyogo prefectural police central command uh, so just a telling off really uh, while the man who and this gets worse the man who is married and has a child oh. will be docked 10 percent of his next monthly paycheck <laughs> so, so uh, I, I reckon they've got away quite lightly with that really yeah, um, I mean cheaper than he's probably thinking himself he's cheaper than a hooker <laughs> well well, Sora News 24 says which means that he could still be coming out of the affair ahead financially considering all the money he has saved on love hotels by simply <laughs> humping at work <laughs> <laughs> oh man getting docked 10% of your wage I wonder how they'd fill that in on the uh on the wage form. <laughs> if his missus has a look at his wage slip, what's this What's this? Uh, 10% taken off? What's that for? <laughs> yeah, it'd be hard to explain away. They've probably got a special code for it in the police force, haven't they? <laughs> code uh, 69. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, uh, where, where was this story again? What was the name of the it, place? It was in uh, Hyogo Prefecture, Japan. Do you reckon uh, the first time that the female police officer... Suggested they go around the back and have sex. The man went, Well, I don't know, you're going to cost me 10% of my next wage. <laughs> that was JNSNG News. All right, and this episode we've got some stand-up comedy from uh, Northwest-based comedian Freddie Quinn. I think you're going to enjoy this a lot. Do you know the only time that I genuinely feel like I can quit social media? Honestly, the only time I feel like I can quit social media is whenever there's a vote or an election or something like that. Because whenever that's happening, an amazing thing happens to my Facebook feed where all the friends that I've been curating over many years all of a sudden, just overnight, all magically turn into political fucking experts. <laughs> all with their own beliefs and ideas that you have to like and share and God forbid they ever disagree with you. Do these people not know that we know them the other 11 months of the year. We know 
that they're fucking idiots. <laughs> Their opinion ain't worth shit. <laughs> I was reading one about the evils of capitalism. I wanted to be, I was like, mate, you're not a political analyst. You work in a fucking garden centre. <laughs> And last election, I got properly into it. And I'm not here to preach politics to you because I don't understand most of it myself. But the last election, I really got into it. I read all the manifestos. I watched the debates. I caught 15 minutes of question time. I was committed to making the right vote about who I thought was best to lead our country forward. And then the very next day, I overheard my sister telling her friend how she voted for the conservatories, and I thought, what's the fucking point? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on Twitter. I'm not even on Twitter, cos I got banned. <laughs> I used to tweet about all the gigs that I'd done. That was something that I used to do. And I was doing a gig last year in a place just outside of Manchester, a place called Earlham. It was an Earlham Working Men's Club, which is in itself an oxymoron, because it were fucking horrible. It was full of sort of big, hairy, tattooed, the kind of people that only voted for the BNP, because that's the one they can fucking spell. <laughs> Just awful people. They hated me, I hated them. I had the worst gig of my life. Just 20 minutes of silence. I went straight off stage, I went straight onto Twitter, and I was quite heated up, I was quite angry, so I put, I hate Erlen. <laughs> because Erlen is dirty, Erlen is backward, and Erlen can fuck off. <laughs> and I said that, I went to the bar to go and have a drink, I went outside for a cigarette and I felt a lot better about my life. <laughs> 20 minutes later, my phone was going mental. I checked my phone, and I don't know how many of you are familiar with the iPhone feature called autocorrect. <laughs> it's basically like a spell checker, and if you put a word into your phone that it doesn't understand, your phone will autocorrect it to a word that it does understand. And my phone... <laughs> Auto-corrected the word Erlen to Islam. <laughs> so that's why I'm not on Twitter. I mean, let's be honest, why do you think I grew the beard? <laughs> Freddie Quinn there, great stuff. Uh, so glad that we could uh, have him on the show. Uh, if you want to find out more about what he's up to, uh, you could go to his YouTube page, which is youtube.com forward slash Freddie Quinn. Freddie with a Y and Quinn with an E on the end. Also, he has a podcast called The Fake News Podcast, which kind of does what it says on the tin. It's a weekly show available on Spotify, iTunes and all the other places where Freddie and a couple other comics get together and there's news headlines from around the world and the comedians have to decide whether they're real or fake. And I've had a listen to it and it's definitely worth uh, your time. So go and have a look at that. Freddie Quinn comedy, everybody. Thanks, Freddie. John and Sam's top tip. Hi, I'm John and this is my top tip. 
If you want to get it on with a young sexy co-worker and don't want to lose 10% of your pay, remember to get a life-size cardboard cutout of yourself to put at the front desk. You're welcome. Yo, Johnny McBee and Sammy O.T. Two Brits talk a shit over a cup of tea Probably a spot of milk and a crumpet, please But there's someone else cooking in the kitchen Could someone answer the burning question? Okay, and now it's time for this episode's burning question uh, And the question was What thing do you always say that you've done But you actually haven't done? Did anybody get in touch, Sam? Uh, yeah, we had uh, some comments on Facebook Bobby Judo got in touch uh, He said that the thing that he's always lied about is the fact that he played high school football. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, uh, I know Bobby Judo, uh, and he does look like a high school quarterback. Well, I wouldn't say quarterback. What would you say? <laughs> he looks... Uh, you tested me on my knowledge of... Uh, I'd say running back. He's a bit slim. The wide receiver. I wouldn't say... <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely have him down as a receiver. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Bobby, thanks for joining in. Only <laughs> um, on Twitter got in, and he said, uh, since nineteen eighty nine, I've been telling people that I was the Cornwall Orienteering champ- Junior Orienteering <laughs> champion. Um, I, I, <laughs> when in reality, I finished third out of four people. <laughs> Who was that? Uh, Ollie from Cornwall. Oh, Ollie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is, I mean, it's quite a sad one, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. I can see, like, pretending you played high school football, I get it. But <laughs> yeah. who are you trying to impress, Ollie? Cornwall orienteering champion, junior champion. It's a, a, it's a niche group he's trying to impress. <laughs> well, I think it's probably one of those ones where nobody's ever going to check. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very true. <laughs> Yeah. We we had one. Uh, it was an anonymous email. They wanted to remain anonymous. They said the thing that they haven't done, but they always say they have done, is quite simply anal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's both giving and receiving. Well, I thought that you might assume it was a man, but this email was actually from a lady. All oh, right. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I was just saying when we when we set this question, there was uh, I was reading in the newspaper uh, yesterday that a guy has actually come out. He's a French uh, serial killer author. He's written over 40 books. Hang on, he's a serial killer life. and an author? No, no, he's, he's, um, he, he's, he's become famous for kind of writing books about serial killers and oh, saying that he interviewed... So he said that he interviewed Charles Manson. Never happened. <laughs> um, he, said, he said that his wife was uh, murdered by a serial killer. Turns out he uh, he wasn't married. It was just a woman he'd met in the bar who genuinely was murdered by a serial oh, killer. Right. Um, he said he'd been to Quantico uh, in Virginia to uh, work with the FBI. And it just turns out that it's all bullshit. Uh, and in fact, this is the quote. He says, I, I completely have to admit my faults. I'm ashamed to have lied. It was bullshit. Uh, it was all bullshit. Um, <laughs> So I didn't want people to know the real identity of someone who was not my partner. He's not about this. Uh, he's been telling people it was his wife who was murdered, but someone who I'd met five or six times in a Daytona Beach bar and who I quite liked. Um, so yeah, I mean that puts my, you know, I've just told people I climb. When I used to live in Japan, I used to say I'd climb Mount Fuji. Oh, uh, uh, you fucker! That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I did it not because I wanted people to think it was cool, just because I didn't want to talk about it because it's just fucking boring. Um, <laughs> Do you know what? Have you told people you climbed up Fuji? That, that, so when, listener, when we set these 
questions. We don't tell each other our answers. And what jo- what John has just said is it the exact carbon copy of what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe nobody's ever climbed up Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just says it. <laughs> Yeah, everybody just says, yeah, I've done it. Yeah, but you're right, because yeah. the thing is, if you if people say, have you ever climbed Mount Fuji, and you can sense that they have, you, if you don't say, yes, I have, you have to listen to them recommending to you to climb Mount Fuji for like <laughs> about 15 minutes. It's like, mate, <laughs> yeah. it's a fucking big hill. Don't want to climb it. It's fuck. <laughs> why would I do that for? <laughs> yeah, it looks beautiful, but uh, from a distance, but up close, I wouldn't want to climb it. I mean, you know. <laughs> Technically, I have climbed part of Mount Fuji. So <laughs> yeah, we drove up. We drove up to the base camp bit, or like the fifth fifth level, I think they call it, where there's a car park. <laughs> and I walked onto the mountain, <laughs> and then we walked off it, and it was fine. It was lovely, but that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, I also for for the first few years in Japan, I don't know, well, for however many years I was in Japan. For quite a while, I told people I'd eaten fugu, Japanese people, when they asked, even though I hadn't. I have now quite a few times, but at the time, I just just say yes, because again, I just couldn't be bothered having this fucking conversation. (laughs) It's funny how how lies are used mostly in life to avoid situations, not to actually deceive. (laughs) (laughs) To avoid conversation. (laughs) For example, when your wife says, are you listening? And you say yes. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Have you done that yet? Yep, definitely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever I mean, yeah. it was. Yeah. What do you? What thing do you all say you've done, but you actually haven't? <laughs> I could do. Well, my wife yesterday was saying to me, "Have you been brushing Emma's teeth?" And I, yeah, of course I have. <laughs> I mean, I bought an electric toothbrush, and I kind of make sure she does it for a decent <laughs> amount of time. But I've not actually got in there and done it myself. Ah, she's she's oh. a big girl. She's a grown lass. <laughs> I used to go to school with a kid called John Brennan, who was adamant that he'd seen a Loch Ness monster. Oh, brilliant! And he had, and he had, he had a photo that he just every day used to forget to bring in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot it again. But he kept kept that great till he was about eighteen. No way! But <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, compulsive liars. I mean, that's a that's a whole different thread, oh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that none of our listeners uh, have been saying anything as bad as that French guy who claimed his wife was murdered by a serial killer. <laughs> I don't, the guy that the guy that claimed that it was all bullshit <laughs> is that not racist yeah it is sorry about that Okay, and that's all for today's show. It just leaves me to, th- to say thanks to everyone who was involved and a very special thanks to Freddie Quinn. As I mentioned earlier, you, you can find a lot of his stuff on YouTube. Uh, just search Freddie Quinn. Uh, and also, don't, don't forget to check out his podcast, The Fake News Podcast. And also, thanks to you, all the lovely listeners. So, well, next episode's burning question is, after Emma put that stuff in her hair and immediately regretted it, what is something that you've done to your body that you've immediately regretted straight afterwards? And uh, keep it light, no, uh, you know, slashing wrists or that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to talk to someone about it, feel free to get in touch. But I would have to say we probably won't read them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, anything else? No, I think that's all. <laughs> all right. Catch you later. <laughs>